0: Listening to the Palmetto Report, I'm Dr. Joseph Casco alongside our producer for this segment, Taylor Mitchell. Thank you for joining us. Democrats in Washington are calling for President Donald Trump's impeachment after a whistleblower's complaint that Trump pressured the president of the Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden, who is a potential rival for the 2020 election. Only two American presidents, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton, have been impeached by the U.S. House of Representatives, but both were acquitted in the Senate. A third, Richard Nixon, resigned before a vote on impeachment could be taken. Thus, no president has been removed from office by impeachment. Considering how rare this is, we've decided to explore the topic and the history of impeachment. To do that, we're joined by Dr. John Holder. He's an adjunct professor of political science at Winthrop. He's also teaching a class this semester on the presidency. He spent 10 years in Washington working for three different members of the South Carolina congressional delegation, and he's the former secretary of the York County Democratic Party. Dr. Holder, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to be here. So Democrats have probably been talking about impeachment since day one of the Trump administration. Yes,
1: maybe even before. Yeah, right. The, right. the election but, returns come in, Hillary looks. At, Hillary loses, Pennsylvania it's, Let's start talking about impeachment.
0: 30 seconds after that, right? But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been hesitant to move forward with that. What has changed now?
1: The allegation about pressuring the president of Ukraine is the clearest possible and the clearest indication so far that there may have been an impeachable offense committed. So that was, from both a legal standpoint and from a political standpoint, this is the most damaging information, yet this is the clearest case for impeachment. So that's what really pushed her over the side to authorizing an impeachment inquiry.
2: So what exactly uh, has to happen for the president to be impeached?
1: Well, it seems to vary every time it happens. That Now, the, the impeachment process takes place in the House, and if the House votes to impeach, then it goes to the Senate. The Senate conducts a trial. What's happening right now is that six different congressional committees are conducting an investigation. They're gathering evidence. They're subpoenaing witnesses, although many witnesses associated with the Trump administration are not cooperating. They're getting the information. When they finish this stage of the inquiry, they're going to collectively present their information to the judiciary committee which is the committee with jurisdiction over the impeachment resolution the judiciary committee is going to examine all this evidence if they find that one or more impeachable offenses have been committed they will present articles of impeachment they'll vote on it anything they approve will go to the full house of representatives the house will debate it. the house will vote on each article of impeachment Anything that they pass will go to the Senate for the trial. Then the Senate will try each count individually with the Chief Justice of the United States presiding over the court. So, for example, in 1998-99, which was the last time this happened, the um, the House debated four articles of impeachment against Bill Clinton. They adopted two. A majority of House members voted in favor of impeaching Clinton for one count of obstruction of justice, one count of perjury. So then it went to the Senate, and the Senate conducted the trial on those two counts. They voted not to remove him from office. One count was 50-50. One count lost 55-45. to You actually need a two-thirds majority to remove him from office. So there, there was never a two-thirds majority to impeach Clinton. Andrew Johnson was saved by one vote. That's the closest it's ever come. Mm-hmm. But that's the process. So it'll vary a little bit every time.
0: So what would happen if it ultimately came to that and the Senate convicted him and, and voted to remove him from office? What would be the next step? What what would happen with Mike Pence? You know, what would it look like?
1: Pence becomes president for the remainder of the term. He would nominate a new vice president who would have to be confirmed by both the House and the Senate. What happens to Trump at that point, the Congress could additionally authorize, Could could additionally make him ineligible to serve in federal office again. Um, That's not automatic with removal from office, but but they do have the power to say, you've been removed from office, you are no longer eligible to serve in federal office. Um, Then he could be prosecuted above and beyond whatever he did to be impeached. As a private citizen, he can be prosecuted in criminal court, but that's a separate
2: proceeding. So you touched on it a little bit earlier, but how does what is happening now um, compare to the impeachments of President Clinton and Johnson? Well,
1: Johnson was basically politically motivated. Um, he was he came in after Andrew uh, after Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and he was a Southern Democrat who had supported the Union. So he he comes in. He's president at the end of the Civil War, the beginning of Reconstruction. The radical Republicans in Congress think he's too lenient on the South. The Southern Democrats think he's too harsh. So nobody likes him. He's unprecedentedly unpopular. So Johnson, there was a law enacted called the Tenure of Office Act, which was blatantly unconstitutional. But it said the president can't fire a cabinet officer without the consent of Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, now the president's always been able to you appoint somebody you need the consent of of the senate but you can fire whoever you want to unless there's some specific prohibition against it so johnson was a politically motivated impeachment one of the counts he was impeached on was insulting congress um which is you know something that many people do um (laughs) So he was, and he was saved by one vote. And the interesting thing was the president pro tempore of the Senate was the next person in line because Johnson, having become president after Lincoln's assassination, there was no vice president. Right. So there's nobody in the immediate line of succession. So the president pro tempore was was next in line, according to federal law. If he had voted for impeachment, he would have made himself president, but he voted against.
2: Hmm.
0: Very and, interesting.
1: And Johnson's Johnson's conviction
0: failed by one vote. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. We're speaking with Dr. John Holder, adjunct professor of political science at Winthrop, who's teaching a class this semester on the presidency. And we're talking about the impeachment inquiry of President Donald Trump and the process and history of impeachment. So if it was super political when when Andrew Johnson was going through this process, How would you describe what it looks like now? How political is it this
1: time? Well, it's always political. And an impeachable offense is whatever Congress decides it is. The Constitution says bribery, treason, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Other high crimes and misdemeanors, however Congress defines it. So, for example, in 1998, when Congress impeached Bill Clinton, they determined that he committed perjury. He was subpoenaed in a case involving an allegation against him by a woman who was pursuing sexual charges against him. He was asked about another relationship that he had. That would not have been admissible in court. You can't do that in a criminal court proceeding. But he answered the question in a way that it was interpreted that he lied. The House of Representatives interpreted that as committing perjury. There's a very specific legal definition for perjury, which is lying under oath in a way that affects the outcome of the case. But if the subject matter was inadmissible, then it probably wouldn't have been considered perjury in a criminal court. But the House of Representatives decided that it's perjury, so he gets impeached for perjury, as well as a related count of obstruction of justice. So it was pretty much political to begin with, and then it went to the Senate, and the Senate decided that the evidence did not warrant removal from office.
2: Do you think the things the president has been accused of rises to a level of impeachment? Does it, is it crime?
1: I'm going to put on my other hat. I'm on the State Democratic Committee. I am not a Donald Trump fan. That's my disclaimer. Um, as a political scientist, I'm concerned by it. Let's. Um, I mean, the, the, the reason that there's an inquiry is to gather the information what happened we haven't really established what happened yet we haven't established whether it's illegal yet that's what the investigation is supposed to put together before they ever take any formal steps to impeach so it'll it'll come out in the investigation whether what he did is illegal
0: and of course if you talk to supporters of the president they would point to basically the thing that started all of this was uh Joe Biden in his speech to the Council on Foreign Relations, basically talking about how he had this moment with the former Ukraine president where he said, fire this prosecutor who was looking right. into the company that his son Hunter sat on the board of, right. fire this guy in six hours before I get on the plane or we'll withhold this billion dollar loan. Yeah. Um, so the supporters would look at that and say, how is that any different?
1: No, not only would they say it's not any different, they would say that President Trump was defending the rule of law against Vice President Biden acting inappropriately. So we, at this point, we don't even agree on what the facts are. That's that's part of the problem. Um, we need to establish what the vice what Vice President Biden did, what Hunter Biden did, how the president was reacting to that, whether what the president did was an appropriate response, and so forth. And that's just part of it. I mean, there there are other allegations of inappropriate behavior, potentially illegal behavior by the president that may come up with this that that are gonna have to be investigated too.
0: So the White House says now that they won't cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. That's going to court. Until Democrats have this like formal vote to make it move forward. Uh, I guess that's something Congress has done before. Um, Maybe there aren't rules in place to, to say that that is required but it was something that happened previously what do you think's at play here? Why, why would Republicans want to see this vote? Why might Democrats be opposed to maybe having it?
1: Apparently, if there's a formal vote to open an inquiry, that sets up an official process that doesn't happen now, if, uh, that hasn't happened so far. Because you, you have these committees conducting the investigation, gathering information. But what would happen if they authorized a formal inquiry? would be a more official process of gathering evidence, holding the hearings. Both sides would have the opportunity to be represented by legal counsel to gather evidence, make the arguments pro and con. So the Republicans are arguing that the way it's structured now does not give the president and his defenders a fair shot that would be the case if they authorized a formal inquiry, which would probably require a vote of the house of representatives and the the political aspect of that is they're trying to get some uncommitted democrats on the record either for or against an impeachment inquiry like for example congressman joe cunningham the new democratic congressman from the first district of south carolina which is charleston very narrowly elected in a largely republican district he's been on the fence He has not he has not supported an impeachment inquiry. He hasn't said much of anything. So this would be an attempt to essentially get him to take a position one way or other, which could hurt him politically either way. So there's 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 a legal aspect to authorizing an impeachment inquiry, but there's also a political aspect to it.
0: And things didn't turn out so well for Republicans The last time when Clinton was impeached, when the midterm elections came about.
1: One of the few times that the president's party has ever gained seats in Congress during the sixth year of his term was 1998, right around the time that Clinton was getting impeached. The Democrats actually picked up seats in the House of Representatives. Um, In
2: 1974, when Richard Nixon resigned, it was pretty clear that uh, impeachment was coming. Do you think that Donald Trump might do something similar?
1: The evidence against Nixon was absolutely overwhelming. He held out as long as he possibly could until the Supreme Court ordered the Nixon administration to turn over the tapes, and the tapes of the Oval Office discussions clearly indicated that Nixon had known about the Watergate cover-up. I mean, there there was literal evidence, audio evidence, that he was guilty of a crime. And a couple of days before he resigned, a group of Republican senators went to the White House and said, there won't be more than 10 or 15 votes to keep you in office in the Senate. So Nixon left when impeachment was inevitable. Um, Now, resignation versus impeachment. He would keep his federal pension. Um, Being impeached might open him up to other forms of prosecution. Uh, Of course, we don't know because the Nixon case, President Ford preemptively pardoned President Nixon before he could be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But it's possible that, that being removed from office via impeachment might subject President Trump to some kind of prosecution that wouldn't be the case if he resigned. Because that's uncharted territory. But it's my feeling he would probably hold out as long as humanly possible, unless there was some evidence like a tape of him saying, so how's that cover-up going, which is basically what happened in Watergate.
0: If you had to put your your handicapper hat on what do you think happens moving forward
1: he will not be removed by the senate
0: Um, there aren't going to
1: unless there's clear convincing smoking gun evidence which there isn't now there won't be 67 votes to remove him in the senate it is possible that the house of representatives will vote to impeach him but if things unless things change dramatically he won't be removed
0: we were talking earlier before this interview I don't know that it's a given that he gets impeached in the House That's because you still possible. have, depending on the how you look at it, Washington Post, New York Times, they've kind of handicapped it somewhere between nine and ten Democrats who are still opposed to just the inquiry. One
1: of whom is Joe Cunningham.
0: And you mention a guy like Cunningham. You have a number of freshman congresspeople in districts that Trump won. Yes. And so there's a lot on the line for if they had to vote to impeach. It's not a given that they would absolutely do that.
1: They're going to make somebody mad either way. But th- th- you're right. There's, there's no guarantee that Joe Cunningham would vote to do it. Um, there are a number of people who picked up seats in the Midwest from, from Trump districts, as you were mentioning. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a guarantee. I'd say it's better than even, but it's not a guarantee.
2: Dr. Holder, thank you so much for joining you're us. You're very welcome. Great to be here. That was Dr. John Holder, adjunct professor of political science at Winthrop, who's teaching a class this semester on the presidency, talking about the impeachment inquiry of President Trump. You're listening to the Palmetto Report.